Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I'm gonna tell you a little story about something that happened to me years ago. And this is the story about how I got peed on during an interview. Yes, you heard that right. I got peed on during an interview. But here's the kicker about this story. While getting peed on was the icing on the cake, there were so many things that happened during this interview that really made it stand out in my mind as the worst job interview ever. And this was a time when I was on the other side of the desk than I am typically now, where I was the one job searching and looking for a job. This is a story that I like to share a lot because there's so many things people can learn from, that business owners can learn from, so they conduct interviews in a way that don't lead them to being on candidates, my worst interview ever story list. So today I'm going to share with you what happens throughout this interview process, why it was such a horrible experience for me as a candidate, and what you can do better so that way you're not putting your candidates through similar situations. And of course, you'll hear about how I got peed on during an interview. All right, so this experience started a few months after I graduated college. And since I had graduated, I had been working part-time at an ad agency. I took the job, the part-time job at the ad agency because while I thought I wanted to go at that time into the marketing, PR, advertising world, I really didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. And this part-time opportunity came up as a receptionist there. And I said, this is perfect. It was with one of the largest ad agencies in Tampa Bay. I said, I can get my foot in the door, learn about all the different roles, and discover what my next steps should be. So I'm working that job a few months in, and this is 2007. Things start slowing down because of the upcoming recession. And where do most companies tend to pull their dollars first? From marketing. Even though studies will always say that's not where businesses should pull their money first, it always happens. So of course, the ad agency went on a hiring freeze. Along with most advertising, marketing, and PR agencies in the area. Which meant, by the time fall came and I really knew what I wanted to do, Finding a job was getting difficult, but I was getting a little desperate because I was working part-time at an ad agency during the week and then waiting on tables on the weekends, and I was just ready to have a full-time job where I could have stability and growth. So finally, I come across a job posting that I'm like, all right, this is it. I apply. 
I was wasn't one hundred percent sure what the job was, other than it it said it was a marketing job, working with clients, presenting to them. And I was like, all right, I got this. I'm going to apply. I'm going to get this job. So I got invited for an interview, and I was so excited because one finding any job to apply to at that point in time was hard. And then to get an interview, I was like, yes, I got this. I'm going to be getting my first full-time job from this opportunity. Well, those feelings of excitement quickly dissipated as I walked into the office lobby. It was at that moment that I learned that while I would be going into the interview just one-on-one, They set up their interview where they had, I think it was about eight candidates arriving at the same time. So we all had the same interview slots, and then they were going to call us back one by one to go into the interview based on pretty much like first come, first serve for that slot, the order you walked into the door. And talk about nerves. Interviewing is already a nerve-wracking process to begin with. And then to walk into this opportunity where I thought I was coming in for a two o'clock interview and going to be interviewing at two o'clock, I then walk into an environment where at two o'clock, I then sit down in a lobby with seven other candidates and we all kind of nervously avoid eye contact or saying a word until it's our turn to go back, which as you can imagine, eight of us being assigned the same slot of time meant it took a while for each one of us to be able to go back and have our interview time. So that's tip number one. Never surprise the candidate with what they're walking into. There's things where these more, as I would say, cattle call interviews are appro- like are used. I wouldn't necessarily say appropriate, but are used. If that's the case, if that's the way you want, want to run your process, let the candidate know. If candidates are going to walk into an interview where there's going to be five people interviewing that one candidate, let them know. Anything you can do to let the candidate know what they're walking into will make the candidate feel more at ease and allow the candidate to show who off who they are versus battling nerves they weren't expecting to have because the situation is different than what was going on in their mind. Right? So that was number one thing in there. But finally, it's my turn. I get called back and they they start interviewing me. I don't really remember the questions or anything like that, but I know it got to the point where I had the opportunity to ask questions. And I asked for them to tell me more about the role. I said to them, I was like, okay, here's what I got from the job posting. I feel like it's, I'm not getting a full grasp of the role. Can you tell me more? And this is when they went on about how the job was, and the way I interpreted it, in-office job where we'd be working with our assigned clients, creating presentations, and they said that the job pretty much consisted of three parts. One, where you get together as a team, you kind of motivate for each, each other for the day, and you you learn and you talk about what's going on that day. The second part is you go and you create presentations for your clients and you present to your clients. And the third part is we meet back as a team and reflect about what went on. We share our experiences and learn from each other and support each other. Okay, sounds great. They also talked about how you could progress through the company. And I was hooked. Yes, I want to progress quickly. Yes, this is for me. So I left there wanting the position. I could see myself 
working on client presentations and presenting them as they said, what's working and what's not working. So I was like, yes, this is a marketing role, being able to present in a marketing company, be able to present what's working in their their marketing, what's not, using the numbers, using the data, because those are the words that they said. So I was super excited when I got invited back for a second interview and I quickly said yes. That second interview was on another day and it was a full day interview. So for this full day interview, here's what they told me what would happen. I would spend the day shadowing a team member. I was going to be paired with their top team member because they saw all the potential that I had. Of course, as a candidate who's really looking for their full t- first full-time job, I was like, oh my goodness, they see that much potential in me after this first interview that they're going to pair me with their top team member. And I'm coming in for this all day interview. I was so excited. But of course, just like the first interview, the second one wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. The first thing that happened when I walked in that day for the second interview was the fact that a lot of us were invited back for the second interview. I can't tell you how many people interviewed on that first day because I only saw that about eight of us that were in my interview block and know that there was a few on either side from people that were in other interview blocks before or after. So the total people, I don't know. But I do know that there was, I think, at least 15 of us that came back for the shadow day. And okay, there's a lot of us coming back. They're trying to make their decision. All right, I could let that slide. But once again, they... They built it up like I was part of this select few. And 15 is not select few of top candidates. 15 is a lot of candidates to still have in that second interview round. But okay, we're going to make the best of it. So all right, go up, introduce myself, let them know I'm there for my second interview day as I see everyone else hanging out in the lobby. And I'm told, okay, just take a seat in the lobby because you're not allowed in the office. Wait, what? I'm here for an all-day interview and I'm not allowed in the office? Now, to paint the picture for you, when you walk in, there's the lobby and the main office was through a door on the left. The room where they interviewed us in for the first round of interviews was like this little, I would say, almost like a little meeting room off to the right of the lobby. So we never actually went into the office office during the interview because we just went into the meeting room. So I was a little confused here. I was like, how how can we not be going into the office? Thinking that, okay, we're going to be seeing client information and all this stuff. Maybe it's just one of those things we have to go through formalities and sign like non-disclosures or confidentiality agreements or stuff like that before we can enter in. So we're just waiting until we can go in. I see the people who are working there coming in. Their workday started at, I forget what time, but whatever time their workday started, go in. You could hear a bunch of talking, like a big presentation going on, and it wasn't even 10 minutes later that the team starts coming out and walking out the door. And that's when we start getting paired with our people as everyone's leaving. Come to find out that this position that was pretty much described like a desk job was not a desk job. It was an on-the-streets job where you're going from business to business trying to make sales. So... Let's rewind to interview one, or even the job hosting. A sales position, which is pretty much a cold calling sales position, 
was not something I wanted to do. It is not something that I would have ever wanted to do. It is not a position that I would have applied for. It was not a position I would have agreed to an interview with. And it is not a position I would agree to a second interview with. At no point in the job posting or during that first interview was sales even mentioned. The position was a 100% commission job. There was no base pay. It was all sales. So this brings me to the second point of what you really need to do throughout your hiring process. Be clear about what the job is. You don't want to waste your time interviewing candidates that do not want the job, that are going to say no at the end of the day. You do not want to waste your team members' time with people who are going to say no. Like, it's just a big waste of time to have people in this process who are going to say no or have people in this process that are thinking, well, it's not what I want. I don't know if I'm going to be good at it, but I'm here, so I might as well continue. And then they turn out to be bad employees that don't work out. Be clear about the job, about what the job is in the job posting. It is not a place for secrets. It is not a place to be vague. It is a place to be clear so you attract the people who want to work in that position. When people ask for more clarity during the interview, it is your another opportunity for you to clearly paint the picture of what the day-to-day is for the job. So once again, a candidate can excuse themselves from the process if they do not want that type of job. You do not want to continue with team members or continue with candidates through the process if they are not the right fit for the position. So, but going back to my interview, I decided, all right, I'm here. I already took the day off of work. Let me just go along with this. Let me explore it. It was then at this time that I also learned that I was paired up with someone who had another candidate paired up with them. So no longer was I feeling special that you know I had this great pairing because they saw a lot of potential in me because I was paired up with another candidate as well. Come to find out that the person that we were paired with was also one who was constantly in trouble for not meeting their daily quotas. So not only was I paired with another candidate, I was paired with a team member who definitely was not a top performing team member. So they lied. But at this point in time, as I'm learning all of this, I'm kind of stuck because the territory that the person I was paired up with was assigned to was 45 minutes away from the office. And it was really when we were that far that I really started learning everything about the position and about this team member and confirming that it was definitely not something that I wanted. And I'll tell you this, we went into one business where they're supposed to push, they're supposed to ask for the business owner, ask to see, we were selling phone plans, ask to see their phone plans, ask all these questions, where one of the business owners actually chased us out of the office or chased us out of their uh, business establishment and threatened to call the cops if we ever stepped foot on the property again. Oh my goodness. I don't want to be in that type of situation. The, and remember back when they told me it was all about presenting, creating presentations and presenting them to the clients? No, there was no presentations. 
It was just about convincing someone to hand over their phone bill. And then you called a number where the person on the phone would bring up their data, would look to see what that business could offer. That was it. No presentations, no looking at data, no analyzing data, no doing anything that they told me I'd be doing in the raw, in the raw, excuse me, in the role. So as I said, most businesses weren't thrilled to see us. And by the time lunch came, I was not thrilled to be there either. During lunch, she asked both myself and the other candidate that we were with if we saw ourselves in the role. And I was dead honest. And I said, no, this is not the role for me. And I knew that obviously that's not necessarily what they wanted to hear. But do you want to know what happened next? This was lunch. We were 45 minutes away from the office. I had no car. I didn't have anything with me because I brought minimal things with me that day and I left my my wallet and my cell phone in my car and all I have are my car keys. So I am stuck there and for the next four hours, I get ignored. Not a single word was said to me for the next four hours because I didn't want this role. I didn't want this opportunity and the other person was interested. So for four hours, I was stuck. Finally, the day was over and it was time for us to head back to the office. And I was just so thankful. I could not wait to get there, go to my car and leave and go home. That brings me to point number three. Candidates should not feel stuck in a process. They should have the ability to excuse themselves from a process any time that they decide it is not the right fit for them. And the same for you. You should have the ability to excuse yourself from the process anytime you identify the candidate is not the right fit for the position. No side should feel stuck at any point in time because what does feeling stuck do? It creates resentment for the process. So at this point in time, I felt like I was tricked into an interview. I was lied to. I'm feeling stuck. I am ignored. And it has taken so much of my time. I could tell that this company did not value candidates' times or from what the employee was saying, really value employee time either because she wasn't always saying great things about the company, which you don't want to put your candidates with someone from the company if they're not going to say great things about your company. But here we are, it's the end of the day and we're it's finally time to head back to the office. We're on our way and the, the team member that we are with says, hey, I have to make a quick stop. One of the people that I signed up for clients the other week, they were selling puppies, their dog had puppies, and I bought one. It just wasn't old enough at that point in time to be picked up yet to go home with me, but it is old enough now, so I'm going to swing by and pick up the dog so that way I don't have to come by later. So we stop and pick up the dog and we're heading back to the office. So seeing I'm being ignored, I'm in the back seat, the other candidates in the front seat with the team member and the puppies in the back with me. For those of you who are not familiar with the Tampa Bay area, we're stuck in traffic on the Howard Franklin Bridge, which is the the bridge that connects Tampa and St. Petersburg. 
and there's always traffic on the bridge during get or leading up to and during rush hour or really any time of the day you can get stuck in traffic on the bridge so we're sitting there in traffic on the bridge and this puppy decides that my lap is the place to be next thing i know the puppy decides my lap is also the place to pee and i have a wet skirt awesome just the icing on the cake for this wonderful interview i was just peed on by a dog I'm like, are you kidding me? Luckily, the team member had a roll of paper towels in the car, so I was able to blot up a little bit of it. But just as I'm blotting up this, I'm just thinking back of this entire day, this entire process, and how miserable it was. You know, it just made me think about how dishonest they were. Like, even when they described the day, at this point in time, we are going back to the office. And oh, I forgot to mention, even though I said that I didn't want the position. It was not right for me. The team member tells me I must come up to the office when we got back and check out. I'd have to go through the end of interview process. And me, being a quiet person, not really having the energy to be confrontational, like at this point in time, I'm just like, like and a little, I would say, naive at the point, because really young in my career, I was just like, uh, okay, I guess I got to go up there. So while once again, we weren't allowed into the back office, we still were able to hear what was going on. The end of the day, they pretty much went in, dropped off the stuff, like the anything they got signed that day and left. I think they wrote, I think she said they wrote their numbers on the board of what they achieved, how many businesses they visited, how many calls they made, how many people they signed that day. And then that was it. They left. So once again, this whole big thing of like, the three parts of the day. They get together and have team meetings in the morning. Then they work with their clients midday. Then they get back together as a team and learn from each other and support each other. I was like, when did all this happen? When did part one and part three happen? Because there was no time. I think they spent about 20 minutes of the entire day in the office. And this wasn't even, it didn't, you could tell from just what you could hear that there, it was nothing like they described. But Here I am having to go then and talk to somebody about what I thought about the interview. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. I already told the person I was with that day that I didn't want the position. Now I need to go into a room and be told that I'm not the right fit for the position. And I'm just like, of course not. I already said I didn't want this job. Even if you offered it to me, I'm not accepting, but I was forced to go and then be told, stick around and be told face to face that they weren't going to hire me. And I was just like, that's kind of a slap in the face at the end of everything. I already wanted to leave. I already said I didn't want the job, but now they feel like they are the ones that need to end the process. And it was just, no, you while you're controlling who gets the job, you don't get to control the entire process. If someone, once again, wants to excuse themselves from the process, accept it and move on. You don't have to control the end of it if they already did it. It doesn't make you look any better. It doesn't paint a good picture in the candidate's eyes. Accept that they don't want the job and move on. When I was finally allowed to leave, I walked to my car, still blotting my skirt from the pee, thinking to myself, what just happened? 
how is this process so bad? And do you want to know the funny thing is? A few years later, I was talking to one of my coworkers at a job that I loved, a company that I was with for seven years before finally leaving to start my own business, fulfilling my dream of starting my own business. And it turns out if she did an interview for the exact same with the exact same company for the exact same position, she interviewed with a company that handled their interviewing processes exactly the same way. Now, of course, she didn't have the added bonus of being peed on during the interview, but still it was this horrible process that left this lasting negative impression in a candidate's mind. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to be someone's my worst interview ever story. So let's just recap about how you can avoid this. First, set up proper interview expectations. Let people know what to expect each phase of the interview process and be honest. No one should be surprised when they walk in the door. Two, and I guess this is even before that, be honest about the job details. You're not hiring a body, you're hiring a person who's going to succeed at the role. You can't hire a person who's going to succeed at the role if you don't attract the right candidates. You don't want to waste your time interviewing people who are never going to say yes. So you need to be upfront and honest about the job. It is not a time for secrecy. If you have to be secretive about what what the actual day-to-day is of the job, there's a reason you have to be secretive about it and you need to reflect back on what your business is actually doing because that's the problem. Also, give the candidates a way out. Don't force someone to stay through a process if they determine that it's not the right fit for them. And don't force yourself to stay in the process if you determine the candidate is not right for you. I was stuck at multiple places during this interview because in their mind, I needed to complete the entire thing and they were the ones that needed to make that final decision even though the decision was already made. They needed to offer me that, those final words, even though I had already told them I didn't want the job. Let a candidate excuse themselves and stop wasting your time and their time if they're not the right fit and focus on spending your time with the candidates who are the right fit. And lastly, no animals at the interview. Unless it's a service animal or the job requires interaction with animals, keep pets out of the interview. No one needs to be peed on during an interview. No one wants that memory. So just keep animals out of the interview so no candidate has to go through the experience that I went through. All right, so that wraps up the story of my worst interview ever. And as I mentioned, this happened in fall of 2007. Right now as I'm recording this, it's December of 2020. So this was 13 years ago, and I still remember almost every detail about this interview because it was horrible. 
there's other interviews I went on with other companies. I might remember roughly where the office is or stuff like that, but I don't remember the interviews in detail. I don't remember all these things about it. So when you have a bad interview process, when you put out a bad experience with the candidates, they remember. And especially as a small business, you don't need those sorts of things harming your your reputation, harming what people think about your company, harming their decision to ever interview with you again in the future for a different position or as your company evolves. You do not want to go through this. You do not want to put candidates through these situations. So make sure that you have a hiring process that reflects positively on your company. So even if a candidate is not the right fit, even if that candidate does not get the role, they walk away with a good memory about the process. So if you need help perfecting your interviewing process, if you need help determining how to write a job posting that is clear, how to set up your multi-step interview process so you're uncovering what you need and you're not making the candidate feel that they're trapped and you're giving people a way out. And like I said, and most importantly, that you're uncovering if someone is a right fit for you, then let's talk. Let's make sure you're set up for hiring success and you have a process that leads you to the candidate that not only wants the job from you because they know what they're stepping into, but leads you to the candidate that is your five-star team member, your five-star employee that you're going to be happy hiring on day one and on every day that they are a part of your team. So if you're ready to get started, then I invite you to schedule your free hiring and jumpstart consultation. Let's talk about what's going on in your business, discuss what your next steps are for your hiring process journey, and if I'm the right fit, we'll discuss how I can help you perfect your hiring process so you get the right team members every time without wasting your time. Because let's face it, you don't have time to waste. You need good team members without it draining your time and energy, and we can do that together. So schedule your complimentary jumpstart conversation by either going to growingyourteam.com slash jumpstart with jumpstart being all one word or sending me an email at jamie at growingyourteam.com. And jamie is J-A-M-I-E. So that's jamie at growingyourteam.com. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, and you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Growing Your Team podcast so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes and hear all the greatest tips from our guest experts on how you can grow your team so you can scale your business. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider leaving us a review. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast and your review will help other people decide if this is the right podcast for them. So once again, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. 
Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.